0: The podcast this week will deal with the book of Revelation specifically. Down through the last eight months, I have been asked over and over again about where are we in biblical prophecy. People have called me. They have written me, emailed, talked with me in churches and so forth where I have preached and wanted to know where we stand as far as biblical prophecy is concerned. When we began the COVID lockdown, People began to think we were in the Great Tribulation, and what I have seen is a lot of people that are confused, and people are worried and concerned. And I place this, for the most part, back on the shoulders of those who are standing in pulpits who are not teaching prophetic truth. We're great about teaching about salvation, or at least many are, and the truths of God's Word. But when it comes to biblical prophecy, everything, it seems, is allegorized, and everybody has their own opinions. Well, I believe that God has given us a clear word on the future, while we don't know when everything's going to happen, we do know what is going to happen. And in many cases, the sequence in which this is going to happen. Now, the reason I'm centering in on the book of Revelation is to. Emphasize the fact that it is the book specifically in the New Testament that deals with biblical prophecy and was written for the very purpose to give clarity on biblical prophecy. So I want us to center in on that. But before I do that, I want to justify centering in and spending this much time on one book in relationship to prophecy. As you know, there's all kinds of views about the return of Jesus before we get into those in the next podcast I want to talk about the whole concept of books being within context for instance if i wanted to study and do a study about the origins of the universe and how we got here, how man came into being, the fall, all of the things that were in the early days. I wouldn't go to Job, although it was one of the earliest books, no doubt about that, but written during the patriarchal period. But that doesn't have a whole lot to do with the origins. I wouldn't go to uh, Ecclesiastes or the Song of Solomon. No, I'd go to the book of Genesis. If I wanted to learn about the Exodus, I would go to the Exodus. I would go to the Way Out, the book that was written to emphasize that. If I wanted to study about Levitical law and codes and the offerings and sacrifices, I would go to the book of Leviticus. If I wanted a summary of the law, I would go to Deuteronomy. If I wanted to study the period of the judges, I would go to Judges. If I wanted to study the kings and the united monarchy and the divided kingdom and the single kingdom, I would go to the Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles material. Now, in doing that, that would not say that there are not, in the prophetic writings of Isaiah, of Ezekiel, of Daniel, and the other, what we call the minor prophets, there would not be details that would fill in the gaps and would shine light on the united monarchy and the a divided kingdom and the single kingdom. But the fact is, if I want a historical record of that, I would go to the Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles material. Same thing so in the life of Jesus. If I want to study the life of Jesus, I would go to the four gospels. Now, this is the reason these things were written. In the early church in the book of Acts. If I wanted to study about the early church, I wouldn't go to 1 Corinthians, although Paul answered a lot of questions that the early church needed to learn about. But that's not the primary book on that. If I wanted to study pastoral theology and ecclesiology, well, then I would go, yes, I could study the book of Ephesians and Colossians, and I could learn something about Christology of the early church in Philippians. But if I really wanted to look at how to do church, I would go to the pastoral. Epistles. I would go to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. If I wanted to study about what was being passed on to the early Hebrew church, then I would go to the book of Hebrews. What I'm telling you is that even within the Gospels, they had their own emphasis. Matthew emphasized the king and the kingdom. Mark, the obedient servant of God Almighty. Luke, the humanity of Jesus and John, his deity. And so all I'm saying is there are certain books where you go if you want to study, because those were the books that were written to answer those questions. Well, it's odd that when we come to the book of Revelation, which is the book on prophecy and the apocalypse and pulling back of the curtain of things to come, we say, oh, no, 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 all that's fulfilled in the past. Well, it's fulfilled because it doesn't fit into our theological and prophetic grid. And it's amazing that the Reformers many times got salvation right. They missed on ecclesiology much of the time, but they actually took it literal as salvation is literal and as uh, ecclesiology is literal and, and all of those other things. But when it came to biblical prophecy, then they did away with that because they had to replace Israel with the church. And that means that all the promises made to Israel had to be spiritualized and allegorized. And that's what you have going on when you Try to do away with the book of Revelation, and so the book of Revelation was written to show us the things. To come, as a matter of fact, the word apocalypse literally means, in the Greek text, two words: kalupto to veil and then robe or to somehow cover. And then apo means uh, away from. And the whole idea is to unveil or to pull the curtain back. And so the book of Revelation is the pulling back of the curtain of biblical prophecy and the future as God sees it. And after all, the way God sees it is the way it's going to happen. It doesn't matter whether it fits into our theological grid or not. It doesn't matter whether it is pleasing to us or not pleasing to us. And so I take the book of Revelation. Revelation literally when it speaks literally and figuratively when it speaks figuratively. And when the book of Revelation speaks in allegory, it's obvious that it is that because it was written in what we call apocalyptic prophetic literature a format where there is signs and symbols. But we don't have to guess about those signs and symbols because it is the capstone of the Bible. And so therefore, if you look at the book of Genesis, everything that started there ends in the book of Revelation. So you have to know the whole Bible in order to know what the signs and the symbols mean. And God had that in His great design. After all, He is the God of order, of cosmos, not of chaos. And so... In the coming podcast, I want you to understand that there is a rhyme and reason to the book of Revelation, and in the coming podcast, I'm going to give you just a summary of the eschatology of the book of Revelation, and it is where my eschatology is primarily coming from, because it is the book where it should come from, since it is the book on the future. Now, the word eschatos is the word for last things, so eschatology is the standard. Study of last things. And that's what we're going to be in this entire week in these podcasts is eschatology, the study of last things. And the early church looked forward to the coming of Jesus. And we'll look at that. We'll answer the questions about the rapture. We'll answer the questions about the tribulation. But the first thing we're going to do is just give some introductory material. So stay tuned this week as you walk on the way. This is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Chris.